Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. My name is Josh Barnett. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. So incredible. Um, I love, I actually got to do that 5K with them, uh, with my boys, and we had a blast. Um, Okay, I'm excited about preaching to you this morning. If I don't know you, my name is Josh Barnett. Uh, I'm the youth pastor slash everything else that needs to be done around here. Um, Keep Paul and Tim on track around here. Somebody's got to do it. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, Pastor Tim is actually at a legislators conference that he goes to uh, once a year, and he's speaking to a bunch of legislators in Texas, so I'm excited about him being there. Um, Anyway, Thanksgiving is this week. Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm that guy that like, I want to I want to hang out with Thanksgiving a little bit. Everybody wants to rush on to Christmas, but I really I enjoy Thanksgiving. It's a good holiday. We you know we we uh, we want to move on to the next thing. But uh, sometimes you just got to you got to stay in stay in this spot. So um, we, we forget the turkey a little bit. Um, but uh, well, Thanksgiving, obviously, Thanksgiving is, is the holiday on Thursday. And we're going to be celebrating with, uh, you know, family. I might keep uh, turning down on me here and get it to stay. Don't blame Aaron if it sounds weird. It's my fault. My mic won't stay in the same spot. There we go. Uh, <laughs> don't blame the sound guy. Um, but, uh, you know, family, food, football, you know, the three F's of Thanksgiving. Like, I'm, I'm thankful for all of those things. But obviously, like, that, those things are great, but that's it, that isn't the reason that we celebrate Thanksgiving. Or those aren't, like, we're not celebrating those things. Those are things that we use to celebrate what actually happened. But, you know, most of us know, first Thanksgiving, 50 pilgrims. 90 Indians got together and uh, they thank God for his provision. Um, actually, the governor of the, of the pilgrims at the time, he actually wrote this thing where he, he was thanking God because they had gathered more in like a week than they had the whole month before that of uh, harvesting animals and uh, corn and all, everything that they had. And so they were giving thanks to God for meeting all of their needs, even though they actually had gone through some really rough circumstances. And so uh, I'm excited. And, and I, I, think the, I think it's easy to like come in and be like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving message. I need to be thankful. Got it. Let's roll out. And it's, it's easy to just kind of like move past the things that we say that we like, we already know. Um, and rather than asking God, okay, this is, this is what's happening right now. Why do I, this is the message that's going forth. Why do I need to hear this again? C.S. Lewis says we need to be reminded more than we need to be instructed. Why? Because we leak right? We, we leak these things out and it's real easy to kind of get going through the motions and caught up and, 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 and not remembering that Thanksgiving isn't a holiday. It's a lifestyle that Christians are supposed to live. We're commanded to be thankful by scripture and, and not, not living with a thankful heart um, will actually rob us from a lot of things. So I want to talk to you this morning about having the posture of a thankful heart. How do we make this a lifestyle and understanding that Thanksgiving is actually a form of worship. I don't believe that you truly can praise, that you truly can worship unless you're coming with a thankful heart. And really like on the inside where you're not just saying it with your mouth, but it is the posture in which you come before the Lord. Because like, have you ever gotten a gift that like you, or have you ever given a gift to somebody and you could tell by their face, like they don't want what you just gave them. Right. They, and we've all done it too. Like we've gotten a pair of socks and like, thanks mom. And it's like, I don't want this. You ever open up something like, why did, they, why did they get me this? Like you, and you can't hide it. Like the, be, like the best that you can do, like you can't hide. My mic is, it's the devil. It's the demon. I'm gonna cast it out real quick. Let me lay hands on this mic. Anoint it with oil. Keeps moving on me. It's okay. It's all right. 
There we go. Maybe I just don't need to move around too much. Just stay absolutely still. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? Thanksgiving. Um, it, it, it's, if we don't have this posture of a thankful heart, we will be robbed of a lot of things that God wants to do in our life. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Open your Bibles. Let's go to Luke 17. We're going to look at verse 11 through 19. Familiar story, probably to a lot of us, the story of the 10 lepers. Verse 11, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border town between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village, there were 10 lepers. Uh, 10 lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Pause here. As they went, they were healed of their leprosy. When lepers, whenever they, in this time, they would live in leper colonies. And if they ever came across someone who didn't have leprosy, they had to stay far away from them. And they had to yell, unclean, 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 so that no one would come close to them or, or, and contract, contract leprosy from them. Um, they, but they hear about this man named Jesus. And when they see Jesus, they don't shout unclean. They, they, they declare him master and Lord. And they say, have mercy on us basically show us kindness we believe that you can heal us please heal us and Jesus doesn't look at him and go all right you're healed he says go show yourself to the priest and they were healed as they obeyed see oftentimes we have an encounter with the Lord and we walk out of here we have an encounter with the Lord in a worship service or in our quiet time or whatever we encounter the Lord and then as we leave his presence we don't obey what he told us to do and so we actually never enter into transformation and we and oftentimes we cast the blame on him or on the preacher or on whoever because I thought this was going to fix my life when Jesus says he whenever you encounter the Lord it's always has it always has to be followed by obedience to his voice it's through obedience that our lives actually get transformed. That's a good word, Josh. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And, and so Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priest. Why do they have to go to the priest? Because at that time, they would have to go to a Jewish priest, declare them, okay, you don't have leprosy anymore. It's all gone. So now you can come back into the temple and worship again. Now you can go be with your family. Now you can be with... These guys would, uh, oftentimes would die of leprosy. But, I mean, you're talking about living years and years and years and years and years without any human touch at all. And so you're, I mean, they're at a place where, like, I just want to be touched again. I just want a hug from somebody. I just want people to not look at me like I have disease. I just want, I just, I want, I want to be wanted again. I want to go, and, 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 and these Jewish guys, like, they would have desperately longed to be able to go into the temple and worship God, and they weren't allowed in. Go show yourself to the priest. As they went, they were healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. So one of the 10 was a Samaritan. So we see that the other nine were probably Jews. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. 
Your faith has made you whole. See, as as they were leaving and as they were healed, and he said, go show yourself to the priest, these guys are, the the healing comes and they continue to go back to the priest and and one man, the Samaritan man, who wouldn't have been trained like the Jews, who wouldn't know the law as well as the Jews did, who wouldn't have been raised in a religious system, he realizes, I've been healed by this man that told me to go to this place, but they're not the ones who did the healing, he did, and so he turns his butt back around and he goes back to the real priest. He goes back to the high priest and it says he comes back with thanksgiving and he comes back with worship and he says, your faith has made you whole. Church, I wanna tell you this morning that you can't walk in wholeness unless you first come with thanksgiving. You'll never walk, God is trying to make you, God doesn't just wanna heal you, he wants to make you whole. God doesn't just want to turn the wound into a scar. He wants to take the scar away. Come on. He didn't want you to just struggle your entire life. He wants you to actually walk in true freedom. He wants to make you a a completely whole person, but that only comes by way of thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving, uh, we learn from Psalms 100, thanksgiving is the gateway into his presence. Thanksgiving is what gets us into his presence and then we get to go into his courts because through Thanksgiving and as we begin to see and experience him, true praise begins to come out. See, praise isn't just like the fast songs at the beginning of worship. We get a bunch of teenagers in a room and we get them jumping up and down and we think that that's praise and that's not actually, I mean, it could be a real, it could be real praise, but oftentimes we think just because something is high energy is praise. Well, then go to any concert where people are jumping up and down. But what's true praise? True praise is a heart that has really encountered the presence of God because their heart is postured with thanksgiving. And then they get to come into a deeper place. They get to come into the court. And in the court, you're given permission to make earth look like heaven, to see the kingdom. Our our theme this year has been the kingdom of God. And I believe that thanksgiving thanksgiving to him, where we really have that that posture of a thankful heart, we actually get to live in the kingdom. We get to live with him. Thanksgiving is a huge key of living in his presence. And his presence is where wholeness is completely found. See, these these 10 that would have left, they would have been healed with leprosy, but leprosy was something that caused things to fall off of you. They would have been missing fingers or toes or noses or ears or whatever, parts of their flesh, maybe even whole limbs. They would have been missing something. And the disease was taken away. But I want you to know, God doesn't just want to heal you of something that's taken things away from you. He wants to restore you completely. And so as this man came back into the presence of Jesus, he didn't just get healed of his disease. He got restored to him what the disease had robbed from him. That'll preach. (laughs) That'll preach. Come on. See, he doesn't want to just... He doesn't want to just forgive you of your sin. He doesn't want to just heal you of your disease. He wants to give you the authority to walk into the earth and say, this has to change because I'm here. My family line has to change because I'm here. This cancer has to leave this room because I'm here. Come on, somebody. Didn't I heal 10? Where are the other nine? No one's returned to me except for this foreigner. Come on. Your faith has made you whole. 
Your faith has made you whole. The one that came back is the one that got complete restoration. And listen, the other nine might have left and they might have been, they might have been healed of the disease, but they might have been disappointed because they were still missing something. But the one, returned, the one returned in thanksgiving because he had the revelation that he was never going to lose anything else ever again. He didn't return to get more from the Lord. He just said, thank God, I'm never gonna lose. Nothing is ever gonna fall off of me again. I can touch my family again. I can come into the temple and worship God again. And that, if that's all there ever is, you're the king, you're the Messiah. I'm so thankful for you. And God says, wholeness, wholeness. Come on, this has to be important for us. We have to have a thankful heart, no matter the circumstances. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for your life. In Ephesians 5.20, he says, always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus. We are commanded by scripture to always give thanks to God. See, Paul understood this isn't a holiday, this isn't a moment, this is a heart posture, this is a lifestyle. This isn't a once a year celebration for Christians. This is a lifestyle. Nothing makes us more bitter, more selfish, more discontent than an ungrateful heart. And nothing brings peace and joy. Nothing brings more peace and joy than a thankful heart. Than a thankful heart. And, and we've all been ungrateful. Ungratefulness is a sin that marks us all. It, Romans 1.21, although they knew God, they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him. An ungrateful heart is one that is cold towards God and indifferent about his love and his mercy. Philippians 4.12, Paul writing from prison <laughs> said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then verse 13 is the one that everybody takes out of context. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's not about how much I can bench press or about winning a basketball game or a football game or, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So what's the secret in living in plenty and living in want? Christ. No matter my circumstances. Paul says, no matter if I'm in prison, no matter if I'm living it up, if I've got an awesome, incredible house, or if I'm rocking the single wide. No matter where I'm at, what country I live in, where my family's at, what's going on in all circumstances, I have found this secret of being content through Christ who gives me strength. Come on. Read about the New Testament church in the book of Acts. They were getting persecuted day after day after day, and they were having the time of their lives. Peter and John actually rejoiced after they got beat. They got beat on the temple steps, and they went back to their house church rejoicing. Paul literally got stoned to death, stands back up and walks into the same city. Paul and Silas in prison, head and arms in stocks and chains, can't move, and they're singing praises to Jesus. Not begging him to free them, but singing praises to Jesus. And because they were so free on the inside, it began to manifest on the outside. Come on. We're called to be content no matter the material possessions, the location, the people in our life. And, and it, it, listen, you have met some of the happiest people in the world that are some of the poorest people in the world. It, 
Be child, think about children. You go, I've been on a mission trip, and I've seen three to 10-year-olds playing in the mud in Honduras. They have zero toys. They live in a shack. They live in literally four pieces of metal that have been made into a, made into a room for them, and they're having the time of their life. Right? I've, and listen, I've also met some of the wealthiest people in the world that are also having a blast, having the time of their life. On the other hand, I've met some of the poorest people in the world who are some of the most miserable people in the world. And I've met some of the richest people in the world that are also the most miserable people in the world. Why? Because it doesn't depend on what we have. It doesn't depend on things. See, happiness and joy, like that's an inside job. That's an eternal thing. And the goal is to get, Jesus said, Jesus said that he was living his, his peace and his joy. We will not inherit that peace and that joy unless we are thankful. Unless we are thankful with what we've got. And if everything is taken away, I'm still thankful. Because if everything is taken away, guess what? I still got him. He's the inheritance. Martha, Martha, you're concerned about many things. Mary has chosen the one thing and it will not be taken from her. I can't think of a better promise. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. What things? Doesn't matter. It's him. He's our inheritance. He's the thing that can't be taken from us. He's the one that we're incredibly thankful for. But we're not gonna walk in this joy and this peace if every time we drive by the gas station, like, man, I cannot believe gas prices. I can't believe inflation. Can't believe how much Thanksgiving turkey is costing this year compared to last year. Grumbling and complaining isn't going to do anything but rob you in joy and peace. Right? And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but who cares if turkey is a little more this year than it was last year? What, what if there's a little bit less food on the table this year than last year? What if great persecution breaks out against the church and there's no food for us? Have we learned the secret that Paul learned? I'm thankful for the blessing. I want gas prices to come down, right? I'm, dec I'm decreeing and declaring that they come down as I pull into the gas station. Like God miraculously bring this from $3 to $2. Maybe the machine will mess up in Jesus name. You know, I don't know. Like I, I get it. But what if gas goes to $15 a gallon and we got to walk everywhere? Is he enough? See, a thankful heart says, Lord, if this is all there ever is, thank you. Because you saved me and you're worthy. And listen, what a testimony to your family, what a testimony to the world where people are like, what's happening in the world right now? Like, how do you have peace and how do you have joy? Jesus. It's Jesus. It's just Jesus, man. The other nine in the story seem to be Jews. The one is a Samaritan. The Jews were learned. They were very religious. They even would have hated this Samaritan probably. Uh, the Samaritan wouldn't have known the law or the training that the Jews had, but he was the one returning, calling him Messiah, worshiping him in thanksgiving. It's interesting that the ones who grew up in a religious system were the ones who were ungrateful. I believe they were focusing on what wasn't restored to, restored to them rather than focusing on... Uh, and, they were focusing on what wasn't restored to them. They were focusing on what they didn't have. And the spirit of religion always wants us to focus on the problems, 
on what you don't have, on what could be better, on what God is not doing. And we let this easily slip into our lives, into our churches. You know, we, 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 easily, we easily come in and, 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 and make church all about us. You know, well, they didn't sing the songs that I like. You know, I, man, I, you know, I like, I prefer Brandon's voice over Lucas's voice. You know, I, I wish they would have done that song and this song. I'm not, I don't say that, Lucas. I, I prefer your, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but it's like, you know, man, that grumbling and complaining is robbing us of what God wants to do in this house, in this building. It's like, well, uh, you know, oh man, we got to deal with Josh today, right? We're like, you know, we're like, we're like, Josh does one thing with a tone that I don't like. I'm never going back there again. God bless you. Right, you preach next Sunday and we'll, I'll, let me be the critic on the front row. <laughs> right? We said one, th- yo, he, he, I think he took that verse out of context. I mean, I, I, am I here? I, burn me at the stake, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know. But we're going to nitpick everything, not realizing that we're gathering around Jesus. Coming in with a grateful heart for what he's done and what he could do. And, and man, the beauty of it is, is like, we're fallen, we're broken, we're sinful. I, you know what? Like, I, like this microphone right here, like, I know, like, I keep messing with it. And I know like, it's driving Paul crazy right now. I know he like, he can't take it because I keep touching my microphone. But you know what? Sometimes I like when that happens. I, Lucas thinks I'm crazy because I, like, I, I like when the transition gets messed up. I like when somebody misses a note, right? Like I like when my voice cracks up here when I'm trying to talk, when I got to drink water. I like sometimes when it's broken. Why? Because we're human. And what it does is it makes him all the more beautiful. I'm not saying we're going to try to mess up on purpose, but I'm just saying like it makes him all the more beautiful. It makes him all the more perfect. And understanding like you're not gathering here to like let, listen to Josh give like a perfect illustrated sermon. Like, no, like I want to be like Paul. I want to forget everything that I know and just preach Christ and Christ crucified. I don't want to like put an eloquent speech together for you. I can, but that's not like, that's not the goal. The only thing that I want to do is I want to stir up in your heart affection and worship to Jesus because he's here. He's really in the room where two or three are gathered. I'm there among them. So let's not honor the presence of Josh. Let's not honor the presence of Lucas. Let's honor him. Let's focus in on him. And under, like, you know, I, I love that song that Brandon sang today, You and You Alone. Man. For your mercies that are new, thank you. I remember somebody told me that one time, I was thankful that that song just ended. And I thought, what? What are we talking about? And I'm standing there going, for calling me a friend? Yes, thank you. Because I knew who I was at 19 years old. Are you kidding me? You're calling me a friend? And I'm gonna come in here and grumble and complain about a song? No way, it's not about me. Somebody commented on your YouTube channel one time. God bless you if you're watching this. I'm just gonna pastor you a little bit. Man, y'all songs are really long. Yeah, because he's worthy of how long they are. We could actually sing in every language, every song for all eternity and it wouldn't be enough. Because he's Jesus, man. He's Jesus. The angels are constantly singing around the throne. Holy, holy, holy. And he doesn't make them stay there. 
It's their choice. They just keep seeing him and all they can say is holy, holy, holy. Maybe we're discontent because we've taken our eyes off of him and we've put them on ourselves. Maybe we're not thankful because we take our eyes off of what he's done, of what he's done for us and put it on what we think he hasn't done for us. And I just wanna let you know like that's that thankful heart. That thankful heart, man. That brings us into a place where things begin to get restored to us. The early church seemed to be the most persecuted and have the, pros, the most problems, but they were having the time of their life. We, can, we grumble and complain because somebody sat in my seat because the music's too quiet or too loud or too fast or too slow or too hot or too cold or too early, too dark, too bright. And so while you think the songs are too, too long, I think they're too short. You think it's too warm, I think it's too cold. You think I preach too long, I think I don't preach long enough. You think I'm too loud? I don't think I'm loud enough. But it's like, none of it is about us. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. This whole meeting, everything we do every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, is to center around him, around his presence. Like, don't come and check my church out. Come and check him out. Because he's the one that brings freedom. It's easy to nitpick and be critical. (laughs) We should come in with thankful, expectant hearts for what God is doing. Focused on his presence with the excitement that someone, somebody is going to get an encounter and their life's going to be changed forever. I just want to come in here and tell people how good he is. That's all I ever want to do. Just tell people how good he is. For always being good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even when it doesn't feel like it, even when our circumstances don't don't reflect it, you're faithful, God. For always being good. Thank you can't settle into entitlement. The spirit of entitlement is never grateful because it feels as if it deserves what it's receiving. It feels as if it deserves what it's receiving, like it's owed to them. But if we all thought about what we really deserve today, I think we would be extremely grateful for his great grace that we received. I'm thankful every day that his mercy has triumphed over judgment. Come on. Come on, comparison. We can't compare each other. Like we can't compare to one another. You're never going to be grateful. Like you're never going to be pretty enough. You're never going to be handsome enough. You're never going to be muscular enough. You're never going to be athletic enough. Never going to be rich enough. It's like never going to be talented enough. Like I wish I could sing like Lucas, but I can't. Right? If I sang worship, y'all would all be going, thank God it's over. Thank you, Lord, because that was torment, right? But when Lucas sings and shakes his hair back and forth, it's like, well, let's just stay here forever. Right? And so it's like, you know, well, man, like, and so like we play this comparison game. It's like, well, I'm not, you know, dude. Um, And I've got friends, uh, specifically the ones that come to mind are are, uh, Brandon and Matt. They can like, they can fix anything and do anything. Like they can, like, I can't fix my wife's cabinet drawer without stripping out a screw. Like I can't hammer a nail straight down into a board. Like it's like. I try to start doing things with my hands and it's like I just lose all function. I turn into Gumby. Like I'm the worst handyman ever. The worst. Awful. I don't know, like I just, I, I don't know, like I know, so, and listen, I get really, I get jealous of guys who are good at it. I'm like, I, like, why can't I get this? Like this is like normal man stuff, not Josh. Not Josh. 
try to work on my car? Nope, I'm gonna make it worse. I'm gonna cause other problems to happen. I don't know. I don't know why, I don't know why God gifted me to speak. But if, if we play this comparison game with one another, we're always gonna be ungrateful, right? And, 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 and listen, you're not good at everything because God, God has called you not to live in isolation. He's actually called you to live with other people. Proverbs 18.1 says that a man who seeks isolation seeks his own destruction, right? Men, and we're worse at this than the ladies are. Like I'm okay with camping up in my house and being the only guy that I ever see. I'll just stay in here. I know I get up here and I vomit words, but I'm naturally an introvert. After I do this today, like I'm gonna need a nap. <laughs> a long nap. Goodness great. I fall retreat hanging out with teenagers all weekend. Like after that's over, I need like a week off. It's just everything, everything in me. <sighs> but we were made to live in community. We're made to live in relationship. We should be thankful for each other, thankful for the gifts and talents. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And even if it's never, and even if it's never me, and even if it's never you, if it's ne you're never the one that gets the microphone, or you're never the whatever, like that's okay. That's okay. Be content with where God, and, 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 and I think this happens a lot of times too, is like we, we, we go through the cycle of life and we get, I don't know, we get bored and we think we gotta go to the next shiny thing. Well, well I need to move to this church or I need to go, to this city, or I need to go to this job, or I need to, or maybe I need to get, maybe it's my spouse, maybe I get a new spouse. And it's like, or we can be grateful with where God has us and understanding that he has us there for a reason. Like if we go in, if we go in with the attitude of like, you know, oh, like this, like I gotta go to work again. Well, yeah, you're gonna hate your job. But what if we got up in the morning like, God, I thank you so much that I get to go, that you have given me a job Maybe it's not my favorite thing in the world to do, but you've given me a job to provide money for my family where I can put food on the table. Thank you so much, Lord. Right? It's like we come in and, 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 and I've got four kids that, that rage between nine and two. And, and uh, we've got three in school right now. And when we get home, there's a place that they're supposed to put their backpacks. Do you know how often those, it gets there? I find backpacks all over the place. There's a place their shoes go. And the thing that drives me the most crazy is like, hey, go put up your shoes. And then I come into their room and they have literally just thrown their shoes in the floor. I'm sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus, guys. I love you. I'm, I, <laughs> my boys are looking at me right now like, uh, but, but listen, I can either have a posture of like, these dang kids, I told them. Right? Or, or, Dad's heart is anxious and frustrated because he's not grateful, right? Do, I, you know, I love my boys. I love being with them. I just wanna hang out with them. I don't wanna do homework. Doing fourth grade homework and second grade homework is like not the funnest thing in the world. But you know what? There's people in this room who would give anything to go back and do fourth grade homework again. And if they can come in here and they can lift their hands and they can thank God for all that he's doing in their life, I have no excuse. I have no excuse. So we got to change our heart posture. God, I thank you so much for my spouse. I thank you so much that you put them in my life.
that they're strong or I'm weak. I thank you so much that you put them on my life so that I can serve them. God, I thank you for these kids that you've given me, that you've entrusted to me, to raise up in the way that they should go. I'm preaching to myself up here. Thank you, God. We gotta change our heart posture to a thankful heart. We always, always, always have something to be thankful for. Our thankfulness should grow. I don't think a, new, a, a newborn Christian should be more thankful than one who has been saved for 20 years. I think our thankfulness should grow. As our relationship grows. I'm, uh, and, and it's like, you know, Paul talks about in Ephesians 5, the, 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 our relationship with Christ is like a husband and a wife. This is, it's this deep, intimate relationship. And, and I'm more in love with my wife now than I was 13 years ago when I met her. The same should happen with our Lord and Savior. We, be, we become more grateful for him, more in love with him. We grow in the knowledge of who he is and what he saved us from. We grow in the knowledge of what he's doing in our life. We grow more thankful. As, and listen, but that there has to be a pursuit, right? We have to obey the voice. So like if, I, if, I, if I don't pursue my wife, my heart does grow cold and indifferent towards her. But as I do pursue her, it, flame, it, it fans into flame that intimacy that's there. And, 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 it, and it's not in response of what she does for me. It's like, no, this is what God has called me to do for her. So regardless of her behavior, I pursue her because this is how God has called me to be a husband. I'm glad he doesn't base how he pursues us based on what we do for him. Thank you, Lord. Right? But as I, pers- as I pursue him, it fans into flame that gift that he has put on the inside of me. It fans into flame this, re- I didn't start the fire, but I do have a responsibility to, f- to fan it into flame. It, our thankfulness and our love for him should grow. And this causes us to enter into rest. This relieves our stress. This directs our focus. This peels off anxiety. We give God thanksgiving for what he's done. And, 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 and remembering, it's so important that we are thankful that we remember what he's brought us out of because remembering what he's brought us out of stirs up faith for what he wants to bring us into. Amen. What God has brought us out of should stir up faith for what he wants to bring us into. So we should be thankful what he did 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. Yes, let us not grow amnesia, let us not have amnesia of what God has delivered us from, but let us lean into that and let us stand. And and so then we stand in our identity, not as one pleading like a slave. We stand in our identity as children rather than one that's serving him like a slave. God, I thank you so much that I'm the head and not the tail that I'm above only and not beneath, that I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out, that I'm the lender and not the borrower, that by his stripes I am healed, that I am an overcomer, that I am a child of God. God, thank you for those things. Even if I don't see it, I'm gonna thank you until I do see it. Constant awareness of the thanksgiving builds our faith because we remember what he has done. And God, I'm thankful that I get to come into church today and worship you. They don't have to play my favorite songs. 
They don't have to play a cooler video this week than they did last week. I've heard the sermon before, but I'm thankful that I get to hear it again. I'm thankful that we get to be in your presence today with family. And so like, you know, this Thanksgiving, this, this Thanksgiving heart posture is going to make, is going to make even coming together way more powerful for our church. Cause we, cause we hear things that we've already heard before and we begin to check out. Like we hear John three sixteen. I mean, most of us have probably heard John three sixteen to like a million times, but you need to hear it again. May we not lose our awe and wonder and fascination for God so loved the world. Are you kidding me? For he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but inherit eternal life. Like I love new songs. Love singing new songs. I think we should sing new songs. I think that's great. It's okay to come up with new sermons and new whatever, but man, there's some things that don't pass away. Right? We lose our fascination. Like, can we just read the words on the screen and go, man, that's truth right there. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. thankful heart causes us to draw near to him and honestly it's, it's just this reciprocal thing drawing near to him gives us a thankful heart thankful heart causes us to draw near to him and drawing near to him gives us a thankful heart but you know people think well how can I be thankful when this happened to me or like I've been hurt or misunderstood or like unmet expectation like we all have an excuse of why we can't approach God with thanksgiving like I can't pay my rent I lost my job my car broke down it's like dude you know I lost someone Somebody. Whatever is going on in your world that's not enough, he's enough. Do you hear me? Whatever's going on in your world that's not enough, he's enough. Whatever's not, go- whatever's not going on in your world that's n- it's not enough, he's enough. He says, I am enough for you. He's enough. We can always be thankful knowing that he's always with us and near us and that we will always use times of suffering to draw us closer to him. James 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Daniel 6.10, when the prophet Daniel learned that evil men were plotting against him to destroy him, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he has done before. Colossians 1.12, you will even be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress because you are privileged to share the lot of those who are living in the light. Romans 8.28, God causes all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Just like the one leper came back in Thanksgiving, he wasn't healed, he was restored. God wants to restore us. Thanksgiving brings us near to him. Drawing near to him brings restoration. I'm thankful that we get saved, but being saved is not the end, it's the beginning. I'm thankful that we're saved, but being saved is not the end, it's the beginning. You've been invited into this great mystery, this great ministry to build his kingdom here on earth. And as we draw near to him, he gives us a little more and a little more and a little more. Thanksgiving is a gateway into more of him. We don't get saved and then just kind of coast through life and just like, all right, we got our ticket to heaven. It's like, no, he wants to bring heaven here through you. 
is what he wants to do. He wants to build the kingdom through your life, not just you attend church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. He actually wants to flow through you every single day. And that comes with, a th- God, thank you so much that you gave me another day to build your kingdom. Instead of, ugh, another Monday. It's like, what? Like, another Monday? Like, we got to change our heart posture there. He wants to take us from glory to glory. From one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. One degree of goodness to the next degree of goodness. One degree of joy to the next degree of joy. One degree of peace to the next degree of peace. He gets better and better, not worse and worse. (laughs) He gets better and better and better. He doesn't stay the same. He gets better and better and better. And, and, And listen, if you've been, if you're in an incredible marriage right now, you realize that marriage gets better and better and better and better that God didn't design it to get worse and worse. And, that, and I'm not like, that's not like, oh, like, well, my marriage didn't work out or whatever. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, obviously we live in a broken, fallen world, but when marriage operates the way that God designed it to, it's to get better, not to get worse. It's for you to fall more in love with your wife, not less in love with your wife. And his design for our relationship with him, Ephesians says that you're gonna learn about his grace for the ages to come. And so that you're always going to go to another level with him. It's not this stag, he's not a lake, he's a river. He's constantly flowing and he wants to take you into new depths and new degrees, but it has to be with, Lord, I'm thankful for all that you've ever done for me. It has to start with this heart posture of thanksgiving. Psalms 104, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The Passion Translation says you can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. It's the gate into his glory. The leper returned to give God glory. God is glorified through our thanksgiving. All right, it's 11.54. The roast is cooking. Stomachs are growling. Let me land the plane. <laughs> I'm, uh, we're going to end with worship. So if Lucas, you guys want to come on out. Y'all stand. I just want us to stir up a spirit of thanksgiving this morning in our hearts. I just think about the great worshiper David in scripture and what caused him to dance before the Lord. It's because he was thankful. He was overwhelmed with the love of God. And let's get back to that place, that place that you may have been before. God's indictment against the church of Ephesus was, you don't love me like you used to. You don't love me like you did when we first met. To that degree, you're doing a lot of things right, but you don't love me like you used to. And I believe staying in that posture of thankfulness is what keeps that love high for him. That love high for him. Realizing like, God, if this is all there ever is, like you're worthy. If this is all you ever do for me, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. So as we go into worship, let him take you back to that place. Let him remind you of that moment that it really clicked for you, that really came alive for you. And uh, as I was praying for service this morning, I, I, uh, I, this is, I guess, more prophetic. 
the Holy Spirit told me, um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving precedes Christmas for a reason. Thanksgiving precedes Christmas for a reason. Because if we just showed up to Christmas without a thankful heart, we would think these things were owed to us or we, were, we would be let down by what we don't receive. Thanksgiving precedes Christmas for a reason, to get your heart in the right place, to get our hearts in a place. He prepares us where we can inherit the gifts he so longs to pour out. God, see, God often keeps things out of reach until we're ready to receive them. Thanksgiving is true gratitude. It's, it's, it's a posture of the heart that gets us there. Being thankful for what he's done, what he's doing, what he's going to do. And a posture of it, this all there ever was, God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. But church, I think that 2023 is gonna be just the most incredible year that we've ever had as a ministry. I think God has really been setting us up this last year, learning about the kingdom to really step into some things in 2023. I think he's been preparing our hearts. And I really think like as we end this whole year of just being thankful for what he's done in our lives is gonna set us up to inherit the gifts he wants us to receive in 2023. We've been talking about signs and wonders and miracles, prodigals coming home for a long time. Let's get our hearts ready to receive those gifts. Let's get our hearts ready to receive those gifts. Let's sit in this place of thanksgiving. I've got, I'm thankful for what you've done in my life. I'm thankful for what you're doing. I'm thankful, God. I'm not going to pray weak, sissy prayers. I'm thankful for what you're going to do in the next season. I, I love in Hebrews 11, it, there's, one, there's a verse in there that talks about people of faith who passed on without seeing the promises that God had for them, knowing that it was coming. And so can we live in that place of like, I've heard these promises. And even if I pass away, it's going to go to my kids or it's going to go to my grandkids or it's going to go to the next generation where we can celebrate what God is going to do. Even if I don't see it in my lifetime, that's okay because I know he's gonna do it because even when I'm unfaithful, he's faithful. Even when I'm unfaithful, he's faithful. I'm gonna believe always like it's gonna happen, but even if, I believe it's going to, but even if it doesn't do it, God, you're still worthy. You're still worthy of everything that I am. So come on, let's pray right now. God, the only thing that we can bring to you is like this, le the leper had nothing to offer you except worship, except gratitude. God, everything that we have, you already own. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What could we possibly add to your account? Nothing. The one thing that we can bring is our thanksgiving, our worship, our offering. May we be living sacrifices before you. And may we pray your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in my home, in my family, in my church, in my community, in my city, in my nation, as it is in heaven. God, we join hands with you and we say, here we are, Lord, use us. Send us, we'll do it. And Lord, right now, we just, we come with thanksgiving and expectation of what you're going to do. God, we're thankful for what you saved us from. We're thankful that you made us new creations. We're thankful that you sent your son, Jesus, May that not be a familiar thing. May the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus not be something that becomes cold and familiar to us. But may we lean into the mystery of that it has joined us to you. That it has co-seated us in heavenly places.
Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.